Becky, take a seat. My name's Nick. I'm actually Vice President of Human Resources here. And uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I know our organization is going through a lot of changes, uh, quite an evolution. It's requiring us to make certain decisions that are affecting certain people in the organization. And our job is to sit with HR, to sit with your management team and evaluate those key positions here that are impacted and non-impacted. Now, unfortunately, I'm here to tell you that your position is impacted. And unfortunately, today's your last day. We're going to have to eliminate your position. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, thank you for the reenactment. It certainly <laughs> doesn't get easier. But I'm curious, do you have a rough estimate about how many people do you think you've laid off over the course of your career? Maybe 700, 800 people, maybe. Okay. At most. I mean, we did them so often. I remember I worked at a company. We would name them like missions. Oof. You know, like like one was the one that always sticks out because it just makes sense. Like one was like Project Orange. That was one. Project Century was 100 people in one day. I was always at the mindset when I started in that industry is get really good at the job no one wants and people will pay you to do that job. I've spoken to a lot of people about their layoffs, and I myself have been laid off twice. And I gotta say, the evidence is overwhelming. Companies are really, really bad at having this conversation. So when today's guest reached out to me and identified himself as someone who built a career on doing mass layoffs and got very good at it, I had to know, what does it mean to be good at laying people off? You have to develop a really high level of empathy you have to put yourself in their shoes if if because i was in their shoes before when you tell someone they don't they don't have a job anymore and it's at no fault of their own you've basically told them all the resources you have of giving you some worth to support your family and yourself or your identity and you've stripped them of it immediately stripped them of it once you do that you have to then your job is then to rebuild that in a moment's notice. You have to then build that. It's not just delivering the news. It's then allowing them to process the news and helping them manage through that news. When someone's let go, you also take an enormous amount of control away from them. Yep, yep. Control. If you've listened to this show before or if you've been laid off yourself, this probably sounds familiar. When you know that the control is now officially out of your hands. There's really nothing but to do but show up and see how things are going to go. I couldn't control that meta laid me off. I can't change that. It felt very outside of my control. Out of my control. And I like to be in control. I'm not ashamed to admit I, I really enjoy control. Um, and, and not having any is tough. It's like dropping someone down a pit. Or throwing them into a, a pool or something. You know, they start flailing around, trying to grab onto something. And what I try to do, it, it sounds crazy, but what I would do is just simply get them to control the room that they're in. I'd say, all right, this is what you're going to do next. This is what you're going to do after that. This is what you're going to do after that. It's like a, a child almost that's that needs direction, that is kind of flipping out. You got to be like, all right, time to put on your left shoe, time to put on your right shoe. The tone of my voice is not apologetic. Yeah. It's not, I, I don't put my hand out and put my hand on them. 
I don't do that. There are many people in their life that are going to provide them that support. I am not one of them. I'm like, I have to be stronger in this process because they need someone. They need someone with strength because they're at their weakest. If I'm sitting there blubbering and being apologetic, that doesn't really help that individual the moment you tell them that. Yeah. And I think you have to, companies have to take that seriously. They don't, I don't think they take it that serious. Look, I get, I can't control the conversation. I'm already in the Zoom room alongside HR and there is nothing I can do in that moment. The rug is coming out from under me. But still, I have to wonder, how did I get here in the first place? When someone's part of a mass layoff, it's very hard for them to know if they are or aren't on a list. I mean, I've, I've had situations, Becky, where someone is on and off a list five times before I meet with them. So hard. I've had meetings where I'm in a meeting with someone and we're talking as if that person's going to be here in a month. And then in 30 minutes time, I'm sitting across the table from somebody. And it yeah. sounds, you know, you're, you're think, you could think like, wow, that's such a horrible thing to do. But unfortunately, that's when I was in that life, that was, that was how things worked. And it was the best way to do it. There is a lot of work and a lot of time, even though that might take 40 seconds out of your day to give you news you don't want to hear. I guarantee you there was three hours worth of conversations that happened prior about you, about the job that you do, about whether or not it should be this position, not person, this position or this position or this position. It's the last thing companies want to do. They don't want to do it. Companies want to grow. They want to say they have a thousand employees. No one wants to go and say, well, we had a thousand employees, but now we only have 500. Like <laughs> no one wants to say that. No one just wakes up one morning and is like, you know what? I think I'm going to lay off Bob. <laughs> eh, what the hell? No one does that. No one does that at all. And if someone does that, they're part of my French an asshole. Like they, they, that's if you run a company and you want to do that because you don't want to deal with someone, that's just the wrong. That's just wrong. And karma's a bitch. And you're going to have to deal with that sometime in the future. And I hope Bob's got a good lawyer. Nick was at the height of his career laying people off before the COVID pandemic. So that's long before the recent wave of tech layoffs. So when he talks about laying 100 people off in a day, that's 100 in-person conversations. So long before the days of a CEO showing up virtually to an all-hands and giving, I don't know, 900 unsuspecting employees the axe all at once. And I think that distinction is important to call out because getting laid off virtually, it just creates an environment ripe for callousness. Be like, it's a hard pill to swallow to say I'm an expert yeah. at terminating people. Although, um, when you do it more and more and more, and you really understand how those words affect someone, it sounds so weird, but I had a taste for it. I was like, I got to get better at this. I got to get better at this. I got to get better at this. And if I can get better at this, it'll get easier and it'll, I'll be more, much more professional and I'll be able to provide more of a service to these people because I, that's what I was doing. I mean, I hear these horror stories of people getting emails or post-its being terminated. It's, it's awful. And eventually, after five, six, seven hundred times, Nick was as good as you could be at laying someone off. But all those conversations, they started to take a toll. Suddenly, I'm the guy that if you see me walking towards your desk or walking down the hall, you are diving. I mean, I walked through an IT department, a guy came out of his cube, Becky, and he dove right back into it. <laughs> if you saw me with a box in my hand, no way. It was a very lonely time. And it's not easy, like to sit and do that. You're paid to take something away. As much as I say it was a job, like anything, it it wears you down, which is one of the reasons why I left that career. 
it just wears you down and wears you down. Uh, it's a very, very lonely place. I did what I did in regards to downsizing and consolidating and anything the CEO wanted to do. And, uh, but eventually as I was there, uh, not only in my head, I was evaluating like for the last 20 years I was doing HR. And is that really what I want to do the rest of my life? A lot of things, like I got tired of having conversations with people and they would say, how's work going? And then the greatest stories I could tell them was, you know, I couldn't tell them, I just changed this whole program. I would say, well, I flew to Indiana last week and laid off 90 people and closed the business unit. And it was crazy. And this guy would just, you know, I just got tired of hearing myself talk and I didn't want to be remembered for that. I just thought that was just, I just kind of turned, you know, looked at myself in the mirror and thought, I don't think this is for me. And in December of 2008, like two weeks before Christmas, I was laid off. It absolutely sucks getting laid off. But every it happens to almost everybody. Like, unless you own the company, you could get laid off. Like, absolutely get laid off. So I had... Some, I didn't have a plan. I was doing some HR consulting. I was on unemployment. I had severance. And then about five, six months, actually four years this month, I uh, went to a networking event and I stumbled across a guy who said he had a difficult time finding painters to paint his new house in town. I had been painting, passionately painting since I was a kid in high school. Uh, I just did it for free every time I could do it. And I said, I'll paint your house. And, uh, I painted that house and the realtor that sold that house gave me another job. And, and I just was like, you know what? I'm going to be a house painter. I could do this. People love doing, I love doing what people hate doing. A lot of people just hate painting and I love it. And again, doing a job that people don't want to do, uh, people will pay you to do it. You provide a convenience, you provide peace of mind. That's what I do. I don't just paint. I provide peace of mind. Uh, beauty at someone's home. It's really important that people can feel proud where they live, that they don't have the skills to actually get up on a ladder and go through all the rigmarole of prep work and all that stuff. And I get to do that every day, which is awesome, which is, I love it. It's great. Thanks so much to Nick for joining the conversation and for sharing what it's like to be the Axeman. You can hear more from Nick on his podcast linked in the show notes. And if you have a story to tell, you can find me at layoffmepod.com.